Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. On this edition, we'll hear from Garrett Martz, the GM of 2015 TPT semifinalists Ants alumni. Garrett works in the sales and marketing side of the front office for the D-League's Fort Wayne Mad Ants and explains how his role as GM for TPT's Ants alumni differs from his regular 9-to-5. After Garrett, we'll check in with Jesse Leeds to find out a little bit more about what he's hearing about some college alumni teams that could be forming in TBT's Northeast region in 2016. Remember that you can subscribe to TBT's podcast on iTunes. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a rating and a review. It'll help spread the word. Thanks. Hey, Garrett. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Great. How are you doing, man? Good, good. No, great to talk to you here. How are things in Fort Wayne? Good. Uh, we're ramping up the mat. The mat ants are home openers of, uh, coming up here in about a week and a half and just a lot of last second details trying to pin things down and, and get ready for the season. Players just got into town a few days ago and that always kind of just accelerates everything and get it into that first game, getting back into season mode. You're the VP of sales, uh, and marketing for Fort Wayne mat ants or is, was it one or the other? Uh, it, it's a, Combination of both, yeah. Mostly sales, but I do I do handle them, some of the marketing as well. So, what are kind of things are you having to do right now? You know, I guess ten days out from opening day. Sure. Uh, big focus right now is you know season tickets, getting those. We're having a season ticket holder party actually tomorrow, where people can pick up their season tickets. It's a meet the team party at a, a local kind of entertainment venue called Crazy Pins, and getting getting interaction with those with the season ticket folks, getting them their tickets, getting them to meet the team. Uh, and then also get, get, working on group outings for games, getting those finalized and so making sure tickets are out for the home opener for all the groups uh, and, and just games down the road as well. And then sponsorship fulfillment, making sure, hey, are all the banners made that we need or all the, you know, the video board ads, the all the little thing, program ads, just getting all those things lined up. So you don't want to any loose ends kind of that you got to take care of. So that it's, it's always a scramble the last, you know really month of the se- or month of the off season to just to finalize everything, get artwork in and all that good stuff. But it's going well. It's it's always a blast and it's always really fun once you get that first game under your belt, you're kind of back into it and everything kind of comes back to you. Well speaking of coming back to you, I want to talk with you a little bit about your experience with TBT. Uh the Ants alumni were one of the TBT semifinalists this year and lost to Team Twenty Three on that Saturday. And I wanted to find out what your experience was with with it. Did you enjoy it? You know, what was it like for you? Uh, you know, it was, it was a blast for me. It was one of the, you know, outside of winning the, the Mad Ants won the D League championship in 2014. Outside of that, in basketball, this is my best, the best experience I've had. I mean, I'm on the, the sales side. I'm not really, you know, at heart an, a basketball guy as far as like X's and O's. I still, even being around it for the last eight years, I really don't have a clue there. So it was fun. It was fun for me to kind of step in as a, as a GM, you know, and at first you don't really think of it as, you're actually the GM, but really the players are looking to you for, you know, they, they want to play. That's what they want to focus on. They don't want to worry about all the logistical things, you know, you know, practice things. And you really have to fulfill that role on a, you know, a smaller scale, but, and that's how we treat it as a team. So it was a great to get a, kind of see what the basketball side is like. Um, you know, it's not something I would want to do in my actual job, but for this, it was so much fun to, you know, get those guys back together. Uh, and get that special group there and, and get to see kind of yeah, what, what it's like to have, be in that role. So how did it, how did it differ from what you do every day for the Mad Ants in the D League versus what you were doing for the Ants alumni sure. in TBT? Um, I mean, really on, on the Mad Ants side, I am solely on the, the sales and marketing side. I'm not really doing much with the basketball side. You know, I will, you know, I'll take guys to appearances sometimes at youth basketball clinics. 
uh, things like that. You know, at games, obviously, I'm interacting, but really, I'm more focused on our season ticket holders happy, our sponsors happy, our group outing leaders are they happy? Is our marketing, you know, coming out at the right time? Is our, you know, are we saying the right things out there? You know, social media. So really, basketball is not what I'm focused on at all. You know, I, I always say at games, at Mad Ants home games. If I can tell you what what's been going on during the game, I'm probably not doing my job. If I'm watching too much of it, I should be. You know, you're supposed to be, you know, making entertaining people, making sure all the sponsorships go off well. So really, not the focus on the basketball. So this was the opposite, where the focus was on the basketball, making sure we have the right guys on the team, coordinating all the travel, uh, the flights, the hotels, getting those booked for everybody. Um, and and that, so that's what kind of the difference was. Normally, I would never have anything to do with that. And, you know, getting the, picking the, finding the coaches, uh, for the team. And it was just, it was a very different experience from what I normally do for the Mad Ants. How did you go about getting the team together? Clearly, they're the alumni of the 2014 D League champions. So there's a core group of guys you know you want to have. But in, in terms of actually contacting them, because a lot of them weren't there in year two, right? Right. Yeah. A lot of them weren't, weren't back. Uh, most of them really. Uh, what I, what I did when I heard about the tournament and found out more about it, actually, the Notre Dame team that won it in 2014, there was, I think, three former Mad Ants, uh, Tory Jackson, Rob Kurz, Ryan Ayers, that were all played for the Mad Ants that were on that Notre Dame team that won. So that's kind of how I heard about it through their social media. And so I, when I got on the website, figured out more of what it was, I was like, man, this is a legit tournament. You know, there's a, this is a million dollars. There's no entry. I just kind of kept doing my research. I talked to Tory Jackson about it a little bit and he was like, no, this is the best. It's completely 100% legit. It's the best tournament you'll ever be in. Um, so, so the first person I talked to was was Ron Howard, uh, who's Mr. Mad Ant. Yeah, on our, I heard our, that he, nickname for him, Mr. Yeah, Mad Ant. Yeah, he pl- he actually played the first seven seasons with the Mad Ants, which is you know unheard of in the D League. And he didn't play every game of every season. He would go overseas and do different things, but he was a part of every season and a big, huge part of the championship season where uh, he was MVP, All Star Game, MVP of the league. Uh, and just a huge leader and just the heart of the team. So I, I went over to, he actually lives in Fort Wayne, has a house in Fort Wayne, and went over and talked to him and kind of explained it to him, the the whole concept of the tournament and said, you know, Ron, I'm looking at these other teams in this right now. And this is probably in, you know, mid-May or, or late May. And I'm like, Ron, who is going to beat us? And I mean, I think we're, we are going to be a, a big favorite to win this thing. If we get this, if we get our, the right group of guys from that championship team. And he was, we were looking at the different teams and he's like, man, you're right. You know, if we get these, the certain right guys, we can win this thing. You know, we got a really good chance. So I kind of got his blessing and I also talked to our president and then at the time owner, uh, Jeff Potter of the Mad Ants and said, Hey, you know, I really don't want any help as far as, you know, financially or anything, but can I, can I use the, you know, team social media? Can I to get votes for us and to, to help out with that? And he's like, yeah, you have total blessing from us. You know, you can do whatever you want. You know, it's on you. You're going to have to do it, you know, not during work and all this stuff, but it, but you have our blessing. So when I got Ron on board and, and then Jeff, then I started to reach out to the different players. And I had, you know, knew most of the guys from that era, that team, um, well enough through doing clinics and, you know, had their numbers or if I didn't, I got them. And they were pretty, everyone was really excited about it. I mean, I didn't have to convince too many guys to, to be a part of it. They wanted, once they heard the concept, I mean, they wanted to be a part of it. I made it easy for them. I said, Hey guys, you don't have to worry about, for the first weekend, you know, getting to Chicago, the guys on the flight, you don't have to worry about the flights, you don't have to worry about the hotel, I'll figure that out. Just just be there, play, and, and, and let's see what happens. Did you pay for that out of your own pocket? 
Um, I actually did most of it. I did um, get a couple people that helped support it. Um, one of our, our, our majority owner, John Ziglis, uh, and I don't know if he want me to say this, but I'm sure he wouldn't care, but he basically said, hey, here's here's some money. Uh, um, probably paid for about 25% of the expenses for the travel and said, hey, if I if you win, you can pay me back. If you don't, don't worry about it. And it was you know a pretty substantial amount. And, and then also, and I, I, I covered the, the rest of it, yeah. kind of knowing it was basically for me, it was like in, in place of a, you know, a vacation or something. This was a vacation for me. This was fun. Uh, so if I lost, we lost, I was like, Hey, you know, it's, I could have went on a cruise, but this was way more fun. Something <laughs> like great, that. That's so, great. I never knew that. So, so you're, I mean, I mean, didn't make the money back directly, but you know, you had the experience of making it back to Chicago for that at the time, super 17 weekend and then to New York for the semifinals traveling with the team again and being involved in the court and on the court, I mean, that must've been kind of a thrill for you too. Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, just to see everyone get back together and, and just how, I guess just how kind of smoothly once, once, at least once we got into the second weekend, the first weekend was a little nerve wracking. We only got to get five guys there due to some summer league uh, conflicts and, and a, and a Korean basketball league tryout that conflicted. We only got five guys. We made it through. And just, that was honestly my, you know, I wanted to win the whole thing. Everybody obviously wants to win, but I wanted to make sure we got to that super 17. We got our whole, whole team there. Um, you know, back from summer league, back from the KBL trouts. And I knew once we got there, I was like, then my, I've done my job and, and it's up to, you know, to the guys to do the rest. And I was, that was just so happy to get to that super 17 and then even to advance to the final four. I mean, it was an amazing experience. What was it like in terms of getting the votes? With the background in sales and marketing, I'd imagine that some of it came pretty easy for you, huh? Yeah. You know, that that was something I felt like I knew that it wasn't going to be easy. I think some people think uh, you just put something on Facebook and everyone's just going to magically do it. And you think of how many people put things they want you to do on Facebook that you just kind of gloss over. Like, ah, I don't really know what that is. So I, was, I did that. You know, I did, did Facebook, did Twitter, everything. But what I really was doing... A lot of it was, you know, just texting every single person I knew, friend, anyone with any connection to the Mad Ants. Hey, fill up, vote for us. Here's the link. It takes 30 seconds. Should, you know, do the verification email or whatever. And, and I would, every morning I'd wake up and I'd try to think of like, you know, five to 10 people I could text or email and say, Hey, could you do this for me? And people were great about it. My, my mom was actually our biggest fan, literally, um, the, the fan that would have got $5,000 if we would have won because she was, emailing all her friends and helping my family, my aunt, uh, got involved as well. And just, and then also just people, you know, our people, our dance team, some of our dance team, uh, on the Madam Ants, they were getting into it. They were getting their friends to, to vote. Wait, hold on. on. Yeah. The dance team's called the Madam Ants. Yeah. Madam Ants. That's a great, isn't it? That is the best name. I love that. The Madam Ants. Yeah. Um, All right. So, so you had everybody involved. You had your mom involved, your aunt involved, uh, you're texting people individually. I mean, did you find that certain things were working? Like, how did you pitch this to people as, hey, vote for the Ants alumni yeah. team? Like, how did you explain it? Honestly, I knew if I made it too complicated, people would over, or maybe they'd just like, oh, it's too much to read. I might do it. So I would just say, hey, I have a team in this tournament. All you have to just click the link. It takes 30 seconds to vote for it. I didn't, almost, I didn't really explain. A lot of people didn't realize that we were playing for a million dollars, at least yeah. especially early on, or I don't think understood fully understood the concept. Cause I just made it, cause they just said, Hey, it's Garrett. Maybe I've probably helped them out at some point before. Maybe got some tickets or something. They, they just, it's going to take 30 seconds. They just kind of did me that favor. But a lot of it, honestly, the most effective method of getting votes was me literally just texting. And I actually, I also created an Ants alumni Facebook page and did a few, uh, 
boosted ads where you just kind of put 25 bucks in and said and targeted, you know, Fort Wayne people, Mad Ants fans, local people and said, hey, vote for the team. Click this link. It takes 30 seconds. You can have a chance of, you know, reaping the rewards if we win. If you're one of the top, what was it, 100 fans that you got at least, you know, X amount of dollars back and the top 10 fans, you, you know, you got the first fan got that 5,000. And I forget the numbers now, but you know, you could make a substantial amount of money if you were, if you got other people voting for the team through your link. So that's kind of how I got a few like just diehard people that were really helping push it every day. And then I was constantly doing it as well. Did any of the players get involved in helping you yeah. get the votes? Oh yeah. Um, Sadio Rojas, Anthony Harris, I mean, Will Frisbee, all those guys, uh, Ron Howard's wife, Risha, through social media, their friends. I mean, Risha got a lot of people. I know Anthony Harris got a lot of Sadio Rojas has a big family. Actually, a lot of them were in New York. Uh, he has a Dominican side of the family that lives in New York and came out. I think he had like 50 people at the game. Uh, so they were all voting for us through, through that. So, yeah, the players definitely were a big, big help. One thing I thought was really neat when I was researching the Mad Ants today was that the team was actually named through a contest, like a voting contest. Yeah, uh, it was through or through a radio station, and it was some, and the fans could call in and vote, or I think it was a call in and vote, or, may, or maybe they emailed something in. But anyway, it was the Mad Ants, and we're named after Civil, or I'm sorry, Revolutionary War General Mad Anthony Wayne uh, is what the Fort Wayne is founded. That's the name uh, comes from him, and it was so the Mad Ants, the like the Coyotes, the Fire. And it was like the uh, another lightning. generic lightning, yeah. So it was very three. I mean, we kind of tipped the scales a little bit. I mean, we had some pretty generic names. We kind of knew, I think, what we wanted to. And that was actually right before I came onto the team, um, started working there. The contest. That's actually how I kind of got interested in applying for a job there during the, when they were naming it early, very early on. So that's kind of how the yeah the Mad Ants came to be. How did that come about then? So you were in Fort Wayne because you're from Fort Wayne, right? Right. I'm from from Fort Wayne. I had been out of college. I had graduated from Trinity University with a marketing degree, which is about 40 minutes north of Fort Wayne. And I'd worked uh, kind of part-time for a startup company that my friend's parents owned and, and was trying to find something more, you know, full-time that I was passionate about. And, and then the team started, and I was a big NBA fan. And I said, man, this is, this must, this is really a good fit for me. It'd be something I'd be excited to do and, and just send my resume in. Started harassing the president, Jeff Potter, with phone calls, emails, trying to get an interview, went on multiple interviews, and then became an account executive, which is basically a sales rep where you're selling you know, season tickets, group tickets, sponsorships, and then kind of stuck around long enough where I've been promoted through other people deserting you know, and, or, uh, and became the vice president of sales and marketing. One of the things also I found interesting was that the place where you all play, the Allen War, is it the Allen? Yeah, Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. Yeah, yep. so... That's I think it's got to be the only facility in the country that's hosted the NBA Finals and the D League Finals. Right, I didn't even think about that from the from the fifties, right? Yeah, uh, 19, yeah I saw nineteen fifty five and nineteen fifty six back to back NBA Finals when yeah, the, the Z- Pistons were in Fort Wayne. Yep, the Zollner Pistons uh, were in Fort Wayne for I, I believe about seven or eight years, and and before they moved, and it was actually interesting. There was a gentleman named Carl Bennett who was the at one point the general manager of the Zollner Pistons. And also, actually, a, a coach for a season. But the NBA was founded at his kitchen table, and he actually lived to be into his 90s, and just recently probably passed away. I think about a year, a year and a half ago, and was actually at our home opener on two, in 2007, an honorary tip off. But it's, the NBA was founded really in Fort Wayne around someone's you know kitchen table. It's amazing. 
<laughs> Hopefully it didn't stack the deck for him in those 1955 and 56 NBA finals. <laughs> hey, one of the things that also was interesting was that about the Ants alumni team specifically was that you had a designated coach. Um, you know, Dylan Murphy was the head coach and he was drawing up plays in the sideline, which was somewhat different than the way a lot of teams approached the tournament. And it seems like that's going to be something everybody else does. Yeah, that that was something when I, when I originally met with Ron Howard, he said, you know, hey, big thing, we need a coach. Like, I, cause I, at first I was kind of like, you no, know, do we really need one? Is it going to be that important? And he said, no, we need a coach. And I reached out to a couple, and this is no knock on Dylan, but, you know, for, I, I reached out to a couple of our former coaches, um, Dwayne Tickner, who's now assistant with the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, you know, Connor Henry, who's our most recent coach. They, they, and he was now with the Orlando Magic, um, as an assistant. They couldn't do it just for contractual reasons. Uh, and like Dwayne Tigner's from Chicago. He was like, probably would have loved to do it, but couldn't. So I started to look at our assistant coaches who are younger guys from this past couple of years. And Dylan Murphy was one of those. Uh, and then Kevin Bloom was kind of another assistant coach who I've known. He's been with the Mad Ants through an internship and, and now actually does sales and basketball for us. Um, and, and talked to him and said, Hey, would you want to do this? And he's like, I'd love to do this. You know, it's a chance for him to really lead a team where he maybe he hasn't had that real opportunity before as an assistant. And the guys, most of the guys on the team knew him because they were from that championship team where he was a part of that team as long with Kevin. Uh, and, and it just worked out really well. And I think it did give us a big advantage because um, we were just, we were organized, you know, had, had set plays. We had practices. We had shoot arounds when we could. And, and Dylan was great. Kevin, they were great. I mean, that was a, I think gave us a huge advantage having that staff. We didn't get rattled uh, in tough situations, you know, because we've been there before. We've been through it before as a group. So no, I think having a coach was a big a big deal. Are any of the guys from the Ants alumni team back with the Mad Ants this year? Um, there actually is. Well, a couple of good stories. Anthony Harris was our point guard for Ants alumni. He is in training camp right now. Uh, we actually got him through the draft. It's the D League can. There's a couple confusing rules, but we hadn't had Anthony Harris on the team since 2014, so we didn't have his rights anymore. So when he came back in the into the D League draft pool, we had to draft him. So he's in our training camp now this year. And then also, uh, Stephen Graham, who had actually didn't play for the championship team in 2014, he played for us in 2011-12, very briefly, only about probably 10 games. Um, and then a former, former pacer as well. But he, um, is now our assistant coach for the, for the Mad Ants. Uh, and kind of, you know, I had kept in touch with him after Ants alumni and just kind of let him know, hey, you know, we're going through a coaching change here. Uh, our, our new head coach, who he actually had played uh, under as a Mad Ant, Steve Ganzi, uh, was coming back and I said, Hey, you know, you should reach out, keep in touch with him because he was trying to get into coaching. So Stephen Graham is now on the staff with the Mad Ants as assistant coach, uh, with the team. Uh, so that, so he's with us. So, so then Anthony Harris. So the two kind of connections and then also Dylan and Kevin are both still with the team as assistant coaches as well. Is, is Graham going to stay in shape and make a comeback for 2016 TV? I mean, he, he looks like, I mean, he's, he's in shape. Definitely. I mean, it's, you know, that was amazed me is when he came in, you know, I hadn't really seen him for a couple of years uh, and really hadn't talked to him since then. I got his number actually from Steve Ganzi to reach out to him because he was kind of a last second addition. Um, and when he he was just in great shape I and mean, you can tell he keep, he takes it serious. He's just a complete pro is, is the word I'd use to describe him through all aspects of just preparation, physically, mentally. And he's been doing a great job as a, as a coach as well um, the last couple of weeks here when he just came in. One of the things that about the D-League that I find interesting is that there's so many players that are there for very short periods of time. You know, they either sign in Europe and they and they leave or they get called up to the NBA. 
So you cycle through a pretty large roster on a yearly basis. And I was curious if you've been getting inundated with phone calls, texts, and emails from other Ants alumni asking about joining the team for next year. You know, a, a couple a couple guys I think that I had talked to before the, the, this past year's tournament that I think they wish they would have got been able to do it. Um, so I think it's going to be a lot easier. Not that it was difficult this past year, but I think it'll be very easy to get guys. I think that everyone is aware of it. Uh, the people that couldn't do it this past year are, are you know, we we I I, I don't want to like start too early, I, but I want to you know, <laughs> but um, I've definitely put a few feelers out there, and, and I think it's going to be a much easier process to kind of fill out the roster. I was looking through a few things on the Mad Ants website, and I saw that your favorite movie is Semi Pro. <laughs> I didn't even know I said that for that, but uh, that's great. Yeah, that that movie came out. I think it was our, our during our first season. And it was just, and it's funny. I mean, you know, obviously it's a movie, and, and, and it's not all exactly like that. But you do you do kind of uh, appreciate some of the things in that movie that you've went through or you know experienced. You know, just because you have a smaller budget. And, Did you uh, pick up any marketing tips from it? <laughs> You know, we haven't had any bears at ha- wrestling at halftime, or we haven't done any free corn dogs, or anything that we didn't have, or anything like that. We've learned a lot from it, I guess, uh, the negatives. The but. other thing you said was that the player that you would most want to see play or maybe have play for the Mad Ants was Manute Bull. You know, as a <laughs> this is this is I think kind of you know Manute Bull. When I was growing up, I always just kind of liked the unique players. Uh, you know, like like that. You know, Manute Bull is seven foot seven, just guy. And he would shoot three sometimes. Make three. as a kid to me, that really just grabbed my imagination. Guys like that. I was a, a big fan of Sean Bradley too. Another the, the really the seven foot seven guys. For some reason, I was attracted to as a fan. I, I don't know why, but Manute Bull is just like a larger than life guy to me growing up uh, in the NBA. Garrett, as a lifelong Fort Wayne resident born and raised there and now working there. What what would you tell the outside world about Fort Wayne that maybe they don't know about it? You know, Fort Wayne is a great, you know, mid-sized city. It's a great place to raise a family. Uh, just the people, everyone's friendly. Uh, they support their minor league teams. You know, we have not just the Mad Ants here. We have the Fort Wayne Comets, a hockey team, the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, a baseball team. Support They support everything. It's just a, it's a great place to just to grow up, to live. There's plenty to do. Uh, you know, the winters can get a little brutal, but the summers are really nice. There's a lot of lakes around here. That's why I like to spend my summers at the lake, but no, just, it's a great town. It's a, it's a great place. There's a, so much, so many different activities that you can do. Uh, it, it, and a lot of people maybe overlook it or, or haven't ever been there, haven't had a reason to, but I'd always encourage people to stop by. Hey Garrett, what can we expect from the Ants alumni in uh, 2016 for TBT? You know, I think, uh, like I said earlier, we're going to have a lot of guys that are going to be interested in doing it. Uh, and I, I, I think we're going to have a really well-rounded lineup. Not that we did in this past year, but you know, I, th- I think I've learned a lot from the experience from last year. And I'm going to take those notes that I, that I mentally made and really apply those and get started early. I got kind of started late, you know, mid-May, late May, and it was kind of a rush. Now I kind of have more of a, a plan of attack that I want to do. I don't want to give away any, you know, players that I'm going to, potentially want to add uh in case somebody else tries to steal them but uh but there are some guys i definitely have my eye on that i that i want to approach and have already kind of sent some feelers out too that's great garrett thank you so much for your time hopefully we'll talk to you again in the spring once the website ramps back up no perfect thanks dan and really enjoyed it jesse what's up 
Hey, how are you? I'm great. Hey, so last time we discussed the Midwest. So today we're going to talk about the Northeast. The Northeast, the strongest region so far in TVT the last two years. I mean, it was flooded with teams oh, applying last year. It was just, it was insanity. Now, last Look. year you had the Syracuse team, the Bayheims Army, which just, you know, dominated the voting, really ran a rough shot through their opponents. Although they had an awesome overtime game against, um, was it Drexel? No, LaSalle? LaSalle, right. yeah. And it's 20th and only. 20th and only. That was a great game. So that, that was, was the game that... Devendorf got booted or no? Devendorf got into a little bit of a, a scrap with, um, I can't remember. I think they were shaking hands in the parking lot or something. Yeah. Though, so it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like. Steve Smith was yeah, who got. Right. All right. So let's talk a little bit about some of the college teams that you've been hearing might form alumni teams for 2016. So and let's start right in Philly and talk about the big five. Oh, the big five. So we know we obviously had. Um, teams from LaSalle and Temple last year. Um, St. Joe's was involved last year in various aspects. Uh, Todd O'Brien was obviously on the team that won the million bucks overseas elite. And back in 14, too, you had that Elvino team that had, had Elvino, Pat Carroll. Um, uh, who else was on the team? Chess Jones, Dwayne Jones as well. They had O'Brien, I think, was on that team, too. Yeah, he was. So there's some rumblings that, you know, St. Joe's sees that Temple and LaSalle are coming back, so they want to come back as well. So that could be really interesting having those big three Philly-centric teams. For sure. Uh -huh. And then so what about um, – now Drexel we had not a big five team, but Drexel's a Philly team that played last year. They did. They had a, they had a huge support system as and, well. And Penn is the, is the other big five team. It's a hard, it might be hard for them to get a team together by themselves though. Yeah, it might be. It would be interesting to see if they can join up with some other Ivies like Harvard and Cornell who played in 2014 um, and even Princeton if they came back. And, you know, an all-Ivy all, all Ivy team would be really interesting to see. Not, not only uh, interesting, I feel like an all-Ivy team could win. Me too. I mean, you look at Rivard played last year as well um, for Drexel. Um, get him together from Harvard. Um, get Jimmy Shepard back from Princeton. And, you know, Cornell adds Foote and Whitman and those guys. And they have a, you're looking at a really strong Ivy team. What was, the, what was the player's name from Harvard that played with BG Task Force? Did you just say him? That, uh, wasn't he play with, no, no, he played with, um, with Drexel, Lawrence Rivard. No, there's another guy from Harvard. Uh, I think yeah. it's uh, – let's keep talking and I'm going to – Okay. I'll, I'll find him. Okay. So the, Villanova anyway, is the only one that? we're missing. Villanova had, if you remember, the uh, 09 Final Four team in, in 2014. Yeah, what's the story um, with that? If we can get some of those guys back together and, you know, Stokes and Fisher and, and Reynolds and those guys, um, you know, I, I don't see why they wouldn't come back again. And I, Didn't Jay Wright come out? Um, I could have no, but, uh, tweeting about that, that final four team back. Jay Wright was tweeting about it. Um, we had Fran Dumphy, um, come out from, uh, Temple to watch the guys in 2014, um, and a few other support systems. But this, this Philly team, I mean, these Philly teams in, um, at Philly U are just, you know, tough, scrappy, you know, they got the fan support behind them. It's, it's incredible to see the, the kind of the home field advantage that they have or the home court advantage. It's Kyle Casey that played Kyle for Casey? Task Force. Oh, did he? It, I didn't know it, that. And the off chance that he's listening to this, I want to apologize for not remembering oh, his name. I remember sorry, he went to Harvard, Kyle. and I remember that he's now buddies with these guys uh, from playing around in Boston. But yeah, Kyle Casey was dominant uh, when he played in Chicago. So a little bit about the, the Philly teams. It was pretty cool last year, I thought, that you had some of the alumni from you know like Drexel yeah. and LaSalle show up to these games. And it was a packed house at Philadelphia University. 
really a lot of fun to watch them play. Chances that we can get some of these guys back this year. Oh, definitely. And I, I think, you know, we, we can't understate the importance of Lehigh as well. Um, right. Completely forgot about them. Um, you know, that was the team that, that beat Duke uh, a few years ago in the NCAA tournament. Um, and obviously, you know, they, uh, they had a strong run because of, um, trying to blink. Um, what's his face? Um, CJ McCollum. I'm going to let you go. <laughs> <laughs> CJ McCollum. Obviously, and it was a really interesting dynamic because Eric, CJ's brother, ended up winning the million bucks, but CJ was the booster for the Lehigh team up in Philly. So that, that was kind of tough, an interesting. That would have been a tough call for CJ, I think. If yeah. Out of Lehigh versus overseas elite. Yeah, that was interesting how that kind of shook out. But CJ was great, and I think that Lehigh team's going to come back even stronger next year. That'd be very cool. Now, Jesse, not to step on your toes, but I've been doing a little bit of uh, sort of seed planting myself. When it oh comes yeah. To, yeah. I had lunch recently with a guy. Uh, I'm not going to say exactly who he is, but he's okay. a fairly prominent Georgetown alumni. Okay. And he is really going to push this Georgetown team through. Interesting. We had yeah. a lot of Georgetown uh, alumni last year, huh? Oh, there's a ton. And he'd have to do some poaching, so who knows if it's going to work. But oh, if, uh, if that team came together, I'd love to see a Georgetown team in this. Oh, that would be awesome. Especially, you know, that's a good segue into the other former Big East teams. Obviously, we had Syracuse last year. Um, it looks like this Pitt team is is coming together really well. Um, and UConn. So, I mean, we're going to have potentially Georgetown, Pitt, Syracuse, and UConn staples in the Big East for, you know, 10 years there competing against each other and we all remember the battles that they had in the Big East. So Well, I mean Philly, I just remember I remember as a kid going down to Madison Square Garden for the Big East tournament. Oh my back god. When the Big East was the Big East and that was the best. I mean that was just absolutely awesome to see all those teams. It was very cool to see. You know, even if now the teams that are not in the Big East got back together. Yeah. And definitely. With them. Philly could be a war zone. I mean, these guys can just, you know, get together on the court and have some epic battles. So, um looking forward to seeing the talent in Philly rise every year. Yeah, and it's important to note too that we're just talking about the college teams. We're not even talking about oh. the awesome oh my God. teams that were in Philly. I, it's just the the level of talent that that Philly draws from um, the DMV and from New York. It's just incredible. Hey, one it's, more it's thing fun. before I let you go on the Northeast. We were talking before about the prospect of like a Maryland team. Interesting. And oh. when you look at how many guys from Maryland are playing in the pros, not just in yeah NBA but like all around the world it's really impressive oh it's awesome I mean you look at you know Evan Smotridge played down in the south last year for HBC um obviously Juan Dixon and John Oslander were the coaches for the DMV's finest team but you know you look at guys like Dino Gregory um I wonder how much time Steve Blake still has left in the NBA but these Maryland guys James um, just played last year James just played last year um Terrell Stoglin played last year I mean Maryland has by far you know one of the top top alumni uh in the in the country if not overseas and yeah. if they could get a team together i mean I, they would definitely compete against you know the yukons and the syracuses of the world yeah, and they're really in a perfect place professionally they are to do it um looking forward to hopefully seeing them get a team together It'd be excellent all right jesse next time we talk we'll discuss what your latest exploits are on the recruiting trail great all right sounds good jesse thanks